When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Young Bucks Podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates Prospects Podcast of Choice on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pergar. I get paid per the P every time I talk on this podcast. So I'm just going to keep bringing it up, 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 up. Corey, yeah, that was pretty impressive. Pittsburgh Pirates prod- Prospects Podcast. She sells seashells down by the sea. That was uh, run that through there 10 times, Jerry. Yeah, I, I mean, nine times out of 10, I'm going to screw it up. But that one time is when we go live. So but let's get to the prospects. Right, Corey. I just spent um, a few days. Well, I spent a day in Indianapolis watching the Indians play. And if you and, and uh, this is just a side note, if you have a chance to check out their Indianapolis clowns, Negro Leagues throwback jerseys, they are some of the crispest throwbacks I have seen in all of time. They are just so smooth and crisp. Um, but we're not here to talk about Jersey prospects. Let's talk O'Neill Cruz again. O'Neill Cruz passed up this, and, and this is a numbers game at this point. Right. Um, yeah, they're the Super Two and and all of this. Hoy Park gets called up ahead of. Um, uh, ahead of O'Neill Cruz again this week. Kanan Smith and Jigba gets called up, which is deservedly so. It, Smith and Jigba has had an incredible season in Indy, definitely warrants that, and is really adding to the Pirates, just really rolling with uh, an entire roster of Yankees, uh, former Yankees prospects. Okay, so why is O'Neill Cruz not getting called up? That, that's it. Look, we can talk about every prospect in the world. But every Pirates fan wants to know why it's not O'Neill Cruz. Well, Kanan Smith and Jigba's reached base 40 of his last 41 games, and he's an outfielder. Okay, but why isn't it O'Neill Cruz? Hoy Park might be called up, you know, as a 27th man for a doubleheader. Okay, but why isn't it O'Neill Cruz? There's, this is the way things work. O'Neill Cruz is the next guy in line. He's considered to be a star. He's actually playing very well in Indy. Let me pull up the numbers. O'Neill Cruz um, over his la- is 9 for 24. That's a 375 average with a double, triple, and two home runs during his current seven-game hitting streak. Jared, there's every reason in the world to believe that O'Neill Cruz is ready offensively, offensively, and let's repeat that again, offensively, to get called up to the big leagues. Why isn't he there? What's going? What are we missing behind the scenes? Is O'Neill Cruz pissed off somebody? Is he? Is he? dogging it mentally is he not doing what he needs to do to get ready in the out there is something going on here that leads me to believe they are not calling up o'neill cruz you mentioned the mental aspect of it and i was able to talk to miguel perez um a familiar face and, and voice for for both of us being in altoona and uh being the altoona curve manager last year and then here in altoona as a as a player and the biggest thing is he's he's trying to keep o'neill cruz focused on the current, the present, right? Because if I'm O'Neill Cruz, I'm not making any excuses by any means, but what I'm trying to say is 
you have a you you have success, albeit at a small level in the majors last year. You start the year off in spring training, and you have an excellent spring training. For all intents and purposes, Ondo Cruz had a really good spring training uh, at the major league level. Then you're sent to AAA. Then you got to deal with the cold. They had to play in St. Paul, Minnesota in March or April. Nobody wants to do that, right? So that's where the mental aspect of it is. O'Neill Cruz knows he's good. He wants to, the biggest thing though, is that it's not just to get O'Neill Cruz there. It's to get O'Neill Cruz to get there and stay there because you don't want the ups and downs, the ebbs and the flows of bouncing to and from Indy and Pittsburgh. As, as we have seen that. We have seen that with guys like Pedro Alvarez and Tyler Glass now. And the last thing anybody wants to be do, doing is sitting here three years from now and wondering how they ruined O'Neill Cruz or why O'Neill Cruz didn't work out. You're absolutely right. When he gets there, he needs to be ready. But okay, are you fracturing, are you fracturing trust? Are the pirates hurting themselves by not going ahead and calling him up if he thinks he should be there? Is he hurting himself by not doing everything they want him to do today in the middle of June when the Super 2 deadline is already passed? Is he doing something they don't like? These are the things we're not getting answers on. Because I I don't buy that O'Neill Cruz isn't ready. I don't buy it. I I don't buy that in the least. I don't either. And so now, is is he, Jared, is he fighting going to the outfield? Is he bitching and moaning in the clubhouse to people about going to the outfield? Is he saying he wants to be a shortstop? Is he showing up late to games? Is he not following through with his plan at the play? There is something here. I'm not in Indianapolis. There is something here outside of the numbers because all of his numbers recently would tell you he needs to be in the big leagues. However, the fact that he's not kind of goes back to maybe what you're saying. They're still trying to get him ready to get to the big leagues and stay and be ready to succeed in the big leagues, not just call him up to appease the fan base. Now, let's keep in mind, he's 23 years old. Nobody likes you when you're 23. Blinken 182 taught us that years and years ago. But the fact of the matter is he might be ready physically. I think he is ready physically. I think it's the mental aspect where he's not quite ready and mature enough to handle the everyday grind of being a major leaguer yet. Granted, AAA is a grind, and it's professional baseball at, at the highest degree. You're facing guys that have been in the majors. You're playing with guys that have been in the majors. So my thing is, I just don't think the mental aspect is there yet. Um, let's keep in mind, this is a guy that isn't necessarily prone to talking to the media, right? He's not. So we're not going to get it from him. I think he's might have talked to two or three media members all year. And, and last year I submitted multiple interview requests to, to talk to him. Uh, and, and there, it just never, never happened. So that is obviously something he can't avoid at the major league level. And in, in Indianapolis, you can get away with it. It's not a big deal um, because there aren't very many people covering the, um, the Indians, but again, there's more than BCI on, on the surface here because the surface peripherals say that he is more than ready. But at the same time, you know, it, it takes more than just surface level to say, hey, this is a guy that's ready for the majors and made ready for every day Major League Baseball. Yeah. And after the really poor start, he got off to a very poor start, hitting below 200 for uh, a number of weeks. He's figured that out offensively. The numbers are actually pretty good now, 784 OPS. Um, the batting average is 236. But again, that's coming up from 180, 160, really. Uh, nine homers, 33 RBIs. 
So there's nothing here that jumps off and says, and again, we are at a disadvantage. Jared was out in Indy for a day. You know, we're at a disadvantage because we don't get to see him as much. And, and the Pirates are not going to tell us a whole lot about O'Neill Cruz. Let's just hope that, okay, here, here's the bottom line for me. Let's just hope that there's no damage is probably too strong a word that there's nothing negative being done to the relationship between O'Neill Cruz and the pirates right now. I think the pirates completely screwed Tyler glass. Now I think they hosed him by not showing I've written this before, Jared Tyler glass. Now is the best pitcher in the history of minor league baseball. Anybody that wants to dispute to dispute that, Go look up the numbers. Tyler Glasnow was the best starting pitcher in the history of minor league baseball. Pirates never fully showed confidence in him, shuttling him back and forth, going to the bullpen, not giving him a chance. You can do damage by Mm -hmm. not showing confidence in a guy that the rest of the world seems to love. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and blame the Pirates. O'Neill Cruz can do damage to that relationship if he is being immature and or not doing everything the Pirates need him to do, he is not going to be, I'll repeat this for the 50 millionth time, he is not going to be an everyday shortstop in the major leagues for the long haul. He had better at some point get ready and used to the idea of playing the outfield and playing the outfield a lot. Now, is, is he doing that? I don't know. I mean, the people who know are in Indianapolis. And, and again, we're, we're just reading the tea leaves here, but I'm telling you, it just seems odd. Because we, we we are through every financial component here, Super 2 and all that stuff, um, to, to believe that he should still be in AAA based on the offensive production. Anyway. Right. Now, I think if you want to talk about a relationship, right, I think the perfect person that they have is in Indianapolis right now in Miguel Perez. He and Cruz have been together for quite some time. That helps having that comfort, having, having that trust, I think is huge. And that's exactly the why guys like, Rudy Castro go into his office after a game or before a game when they, when Castro gets sent down and, and and then you see, Hey, listen, this is what I need to work on. I I understand that I messed up. So having that relationship and having that rapport with his players, I think speaks volumes, but it's exactly what they need in Indianapolis right now. And, and that's, I think that speaks volumes to what the pirates are trying to do. Now he, again, he's ready. He is on the doorstep and it's just, what final hurdle does he have to do to get there? And I think his time is coming sooner rather than later, but it is kind of alarming that he's still in, in Indianapolis today. I, I would want to say congratulations to Kane and Smith and Jig, but he's, he's earned this. There are going to be people out there like, oh, this should be O'Neill Cruz. Again, Kane and Smith and Jigba is an outfielder. He's earned this by playing very well to get called up to the big league. So if he's there for a while, hopefully he does well. We'll get to some other you know, players here in the second and third segments. Our top 10, we're going to update the top 10 prospects here in the second and third segment and talk to Henry Davis. But I don't want to overlook the fact that Kanan Smith and Jigba, uh, this is not some roster move just to get a guy up there. He's earned a spot in the big leagues. Right. He's earned it. And, and there are quite a few that are on that roster that are, are, are on the cusp of earning it as well. And we'll talk more about some top prospects here when we come back from this break on the uh, Young Bucks podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.
Welcome back to the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospects podcast of choice. See, I did it again, Corey. I'm, I'm on you did a roll. It slow. You did it slower that time. You you made I, sure to really be cautious that time. <laughs> I, I'm on my I, listen. I like to enunciate every once in a while. Not as rushed to get through that first segment. Talk about a new cruise. My trip to Indy, which was a blast. Um, guy that I also saw in Indy, Nick Mears. He's nearing his uh, he's nearing his comeback uh, from elbow surgery. Um, it, it wasn't TJ, which is a good thing. Um, it was pretty minor from what he, the way that he described it, but let's hey, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to okay. put you on the spot here. Better place to watch a ball, a ball game. People's natural gas field in Altoona or victory field in Indy. Well, that's tough because I, I mean, I've, I've been going to curve games for, oh man, over 20 years in India. I've been there. This is my third time. I love it. It's got a beautiful backdrop of the, of the Marriott hotel um, both are unique. Um, but I mean, I'm going to go with the coaster more often than not. Yeah. We're um, in Altoona. That's a, that's an easy yeah. answer. Victory field is the nicer ballpark. Um, it's one more awards and things like that, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're obviously we're both in Altoona. We're going to be biased here completely. The design of it, I think is unique, you know, in, in Altoona, they have the coaster and they have Altoona, the fish and everybody's favorite fish. Um, and out there they have the victory bell. And I think that is really cool. I, I, listen, it, it's way better out there than it is in Philly. Um, let's be real. At least their bell isn't cracked. Um, but you enter that stadium really from, from center field, which I think is unique too. Mm-hmm. Um, How about this part? How about this? Major League, Triple A, Double A. Nobody's got a better ballpark combination uh, for those three than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right. And, and even Bradenton's not a bad spot to watch a game either. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, every, the pirates players are spoiled and pirates fans that go to these stadiums are spoiled. I was able to even, I know this is a little off topic for right now, but I was able to get to Dayton and see, um, former pirate. Great. I say that facetiously, like emphasis on facetiously, um, to the nth degree, Daryl Ward was the hitting coach for the Dayton dragons. Um, I watched them play the great lakes loons, um, trip or triple, or I'm sorry, high affiliate of, the um, Los Angeles Dodgers, the dragons are the reds affiliate. And that was a really cool place to watch a game too, that the Dayton dragons, they have dragons on the scoreboard. And the one thing that I wish was that there was fire that came out every time they scored, but alas, here we are, but enough about the prospects of stadiums. We talked about the stadiums and jerseys and whatever. Let's give the people what they want to talk about. Corey prospects, Henry Davis back from the DL IL. Sorry. The DL doesn't exist anymore. The injured list. And wouldn't you know it, yeah. he makes an impact. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. The ball makes an impact on him again. Yeah. Fascinating. Huh. He, he plays Saturday and say he, he caught last week for uh, some teams in Florida, caught the no hitter. So congratulations to Priester and uh, uh, those guys. Uh, Salamedo, they, they, and Henry Davis was catching that no hitter for Braden. So that, that is fantastic for those guys. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about some of them in our top 10 prospects here in a bit, but uh, Henry Davis jo- rejoins Altoona on Saturday, uh, on Friday, plays Saturday, Sunday, gets hit twice. He's hit <laughs> in his first two at-bats on Sunday. Jared, you can't even make up this number, man. He has been hit 15 times, 15 times in 124 plate appearances this season. That is just insane. That is, that is not bad luck. That is not – I, I don't – 
I don't know. I, we haven't seen a Corey, that's Davis higher than some players batting averages that have gotten cut from the pirates this year. Sure, it's, I just, I, you, you, everybody I'm sure is trying to wrap their mind around some of it is bad luck. I'm sure. But what in the world could possibly be going on with all of this, with, I don't know, Henry's stance, his reaction time, I, I, his staying in there. I do. I just don't know. I just, this cannot be, it just cannot continue, Jared. He will just take a beating at the plate, and you know he's going to take a beating behind the plate as a catcher. They, they just have to figure this out. He can't be getting hit 25 and 30 times a year. Right, and I think that's the big thing. You know, looking at the film, um, again, it, his, he's right on the batter's box, the batter's chalk, which isn't a bad thing by any means. Um, but again, it, it, with pitchers trying to throw inside and force their will inside, that's an issue. Um, and it's not sustainable, uh, clearly, but they do make enough padding and protection that his wrists and hands should, for the most part, be safe. He's already wearing a significant chunk of, of armor on his arms. Um, but as a catcher, man, it, it's tough. Um, and, you know, you hope that that he either a gets out of the way or B, you know, changes up something, but, but again, his batting stance works for him, right? He's gotten this far and in large part because of his approach to the plate. Now his on base percentage is great, but again, it's not sustainable for that to keep happening. Not if you're not, if you're a catcher, right? Okay. If you're Craig Biggio and I looked this up the other day, Craig said Craig Biggio is second all time in getting hit by pitch. People's lasting image of Craig Biggio will be wearing that giant thing on his oh, arm. The, yes. Where, oh my where God. it didn't even matter if he got hit. But, 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 you know, Craig was a catcher to, at the beginning of his career. Then he moves to second base. If you're Josh Harrison, remember he got hit a bunch. Do you remember Jeff Pirates. Bagwell's little pad well, on, on yeah. his hand? Yeah. But if, if, so if you're, if you're a power guy, you can't just be keep, get, keep getting hit because it'll take a toll. If you're a catcher, you certainly cannot keep getting hit. But whatever it is, here's the thing. If, if that stance works for him and crowding the plate, is, if that is what makes him a successful hitter, I can completely understand that he would be reticent to changing and stepping back even a few inches because he's got the lightning quick hands and the ability to turn on the ball. If, that, if that's what made him the number one overall pick, well then, hey, why would he want to change that? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, if that is what potentially could prevent him from reaching his full potential and staying healthy, it, these things have to be addressed. And I, look, I'm sure they are. They, they've been addressed. Going back to his last year at Louisville, he got hit 11 times in, I think, 220 plate appearances. So he's been hit 26 times in his last 380 plate appearances. That is just so outrageous to think that something like that could continue. Right. And it's just not physically sustainable for the position he plays. Now, of course, he can be a DH or whatever, but the Pirates need him to be a catcher. They need Henry Davis, the catcher, more than they need anybody else right now. And that's that's what they need from him. And the, and hopefully that continues. But but the good news is Henry Davis is not the only player that's back in Altoona off the injured list. Yeah. Quinn Priester back. uh uh, he'll pitch in Altoona this week, um, and that, that'll be that'll be good to see. Uh, I don't have the pitching problems here yet. We're, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, but he'll pitch in Altoona this week. Uh, was part of the no hitter last week. Certainly one of the top ten prospects 
that the Pirates have, uh, a tremendously high ceiling for him. And, hey, look, you put him and Mike Burroughs now on the same staff, Jared. Uh, Mike Burroughs having a tremendous year and is really skyrocketing up some prospect things. So uh, that's it, – it is the Curve already have a lot of good players, and they need to get Nick Gonzalez back. They've got Henry back. They've already got a lot of good players. But, boy, adding Quinn Priest to the mix will certainly be fun to watch. Right, and I think that's the big thing, too, is we actually get to see him play. And we haven't seen him play this year. Um, and I'm excited to see him in action. I mean, there's been a lot of hype. Uh, and, and you hope that he's able to live up to that hype. I mean, he was a first round pick uh, in 2019. Obviously, things have, were, have been stunted for him. Um, and that's not no, no fault of his own, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. But I'm, I'm very excited to see what he's got. He last pitched uh, June 9th. So, you know, judging by how things typically go, that was Thursday. So you got Friday, Saturday, one, two, three, four, five. I would expect him to pitch either um, probably Wednesday. If Wednesday or um, Wednesday or Thursday of this week in Altoona um, without knowing officially. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it, it, we talk about this for the prospects and we're going to get to the, to the list here in, in a minute, but you got to see him play. You got to yeah. live up to the hype. Yeah. Know? I mean, I remember, you know, what they say in baseball is the best ability is availability. Yeah. Uh, so you can be the greatest player of all time. If you're, if you're not healthy, it's going to be some trouble. So with that, let's get to our top 10 prospects this week. We're, we're doing these every week now. It's a new feature. We're not going to update, uh, you know, uh, uh, change these wholesale week in and week out. That's not the point of this. This is a long-term, you know, kind of prospect deal. There, there might be some guys change a spot or two here or there um, as the season goes on. So we're going to do uh, 10 through six now and, and, Number 10, I dropped Jared Jones, a pitcher for Greensboro. I dropped him uh, from number nine to number 10, although he is pitching terrific, had a great week. Uh, and then I, I moved – I did that because I wanted to move Juwan Bay up to number nine. And quite frankly, Juwan is, is playing so well, he could be higher on this list. But uh, Juwan Bay um, is uh, having a terrific year, fourth most hits in the International League since the beginning of May. He's batting 341 in 10 games during June. Um, and, and again, he's, he's a versatile guy can play a lot of positions. He is a guy, I got him number nine this week, but he's a guy that I think could get called up any day and really help the pirates. Yeah. And he's a, he's a middle infield guy that's played the outfield too. Uh, after he hit the ILs last year with Altoona, he developed a power stroke that he's never really had in the entirety of his career. Um, we talked about this last week, the issues for him haven't ever been on the field, but on the field, man, he's performing and he's one of the, uh, one of their best hitters this year. Uh, he's playing really solidly up the middle. I saw him make a couple of smooth plays last week when I was in Indianapolis. And I'm excited to see really how he continues to develop because I think he he's breathing on the doorstep uh, of AAA, or of, I'm sorry, of the major leagues um, sooner rather than later as well. Yeah, we dropped Andy Rodriguez from seven to eight this week because I wanted to move Anthony Salameto up. He was part of the no-hitter down at Braden. Uh, and he, as we discussed last week, he, he's got the funky delivery and, and all, and that's what people notice, but he's really good too. I mean, he's, he's really good. And, and boy, if the fundamentals and, and the, and the uh, mechanics hold up and everything, he's allowed one run in eight innings, his last two appearances. Uh, he is a guy. So he, we've got him number seven this week. And, and certainly a guy that I think a lot of people should be excited. He's only 19 years old too. Yeah, again, raw, uh, but talented. 
And that's a dangerous combination, uh, especially at that level. Let's be real. I mean, high A, low A, high A, you're not your thrower, right? You don't develop into a pitcher until you get to about double A and, and triple A. And I'm excited to see what happens when he goes from a thrower to a pitcher, because that jump, I think, is going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch play out in front of our eyes. And hopefully that development continues uh, for Solomato, because I think he's got the, he's got some really good stuff. And we've got Priester at number six. Again, he could be moving up this list if he lives up to uh, uh, expectations now that he's rejoining the Altoona curve. So 10 is Jared Jones, nine, Juwan Bay, eight, Andy Rodriguez, seven, Anthony Salmedo, and uh, six, Quinn Priester. And now let's get to a dramatic break in the action before we come back for picks uh, one to five on the Young Bucks podcast and DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the Young Bucks podcast, your Pittsburgh Pirates podcast of choice on prospects. I messed it up. I tried to go fast. I messed it up. <laughs> but one thing we didn't mess up, I think, is our top five here, Corey. We have, um, again, the best availability. Our best ability is availability. Uh, we have Nick Gonzalez here pegged at number five, and he's dealing with the injury bug. And, you know, he could be much higher on this list once he comes back. But he's got the heel injury, not playing right now. Um, he, we talked last week, he's, he struck out way too much for the Altoona curve this year. But certainly a, a tremendously high ceiling. It just so happens that the four guys ahead of him are, are playing terrific mm-hmm. uh, this year and or, you know, being the number one pick. So Nick is number five. I dropped... Leover Pagero from three to four. Now, Leover's having a terrific year, and he had a, a nice week for the Altoona Curve. Um, but I dropped him to number four he, because I, I, I wanted to move him up Mike Burroughs. Mike Burroughs goes from number four to number three. Probably could have been there last week, but Leover's had such a good year. Jared, Mike Burroughs has just been outstanding. He had a terrific start the other day for the Curve. Five scoreless innings allowed one hit. Uh, the, the guy, he started the year as number 11 on the MLB Prospects. Uh, top 30 list for the Pirates. We've got him now at number three, and I, I have no issue. I mean, quite frankly, if the Pirates needed a pitcher really soon, boy, Mike Burroughs might be able to actually step in in a spot start, even from double-A. But I, I think he might be heading to triple-A here maybe in the next few weeks. He has to. I mean, there's nothing else that he can accomplish here in double-A. Uh, let's be real. And I think it's just a numbers game. He deserves to be in triple-A. Um, it's just who's who is he going to put – who are they going to push – um, out and triple a, right. And he's and, still young. He's still very young. Yeah, First year, double yeah. a, and he hasn't one thing that Jared, I know would concur with this. You do want to see a guy struggle at a level in the minor leagues. It's one thing to go to a level and crush it. And, and you're just better there. You need to struggle a little bit and learn how to overcome adversity at each level. And we so talked about said, that with Ronzi Contreras all correct. last year. And he, he never really had, you know, much struggles, although he'd missed some time with the forearm. So when I say Mike Burroughs could get called up in a few weeks, I, I do believe that. But if they want to have him here and make 20 starts here, well, that's they may have a plan for Mike Burroughs because he's so young and, and that kind of thing. But he has earned a spot in AAA already, I think. Yeah, I mean, his performance speaks numbers, man. I mean, it's fun to watch him pitch um, each week and – 
you know, and it continues to get better. And the stuff I think is going to play again. Second, we, we, we mentioned this all the time. Double A is really where you start to see the cream rise to the top. And, and there's nobody as creamy as Mike Burroughs, as far as a cheesy pun goes, he is the real deal. Now, all will right. that continue to develop? Sure. We'll see. But the good news is he's got his battery mate at number two. Yeah. I, I, before we get to Henry, uh, Henry's number two is I want to tell one really quick little fun story that hopefully maybe this gives uh, fans at least a tiny bit of insight into the way a journalist's mind works. All right. Steve Pierce was with the Altoona Curve in 2007. Steve Pierce, I rate as the number three player in all time in curve history behind Brad Eldred and Adam Heisdu. Their numbers here were phenomenal. Uh, Steve Pierce was phenomenal for the Altoona Curve in 2007. All year, Jared, he went by Steven. <laughs> Steven. Steven Pierce. Every historical record we have of Mr. Pierce in 2007 in Altoona was Steven. Steven, 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 Steven. He gets up to the big leagues. He's Steve. That irks me to this day. And, and I'm laughing when I say this, but this is the way a journalist's mind works. What does this have to do with anything? When we were on our preseason media call with then Michael Burroughs, I asked him specifically, are you Mike or Michael? Oh, I don't really care, man. Whatever you guys want to call me. I'm like, no, we need to know what your name is because I'm not going to call you a name your entire tenure in Altoona, and then you get to the big leagues and then you be something else. And I'm, I'm dead serious here because it really, you know, so, so, and he's a, you mentioned this last week on the pot. He's a no nonsense guy. He's not a joking around kind of fun Tyler glass. Now, you know, kind of guy, he's a real serious guy. So I said, Hey, is it Mike or is it Michael? Because it had been, it had been listed both ways. And uh, he goes, well, I guess it'll be Mike. And so we've called him Mike. Fortunately it's Mike. I hope when he get, if he gets to the big leagues and becomes a superstar, it's still Mike. Be like Mike, right? That was a Gatorade campaign, or was that a Nike campaign? I think it was but Nike. See, these these are the things that matter to journalists. We 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 just want he is he will always Steve Pierce will always kind of tick me off, and I like Steve. He's a good guy, but man, could he not have said to somebody, "Can you call me Steve"? <laughs> uh, you gotta love it though. Those are the things that bother journalists, folks. And whether whether you fans give a damn or not, that's that's what enters our mind. That's right. It's a it's a wild world to be a part of. But we got Davis at number two and Cruz at number one. No change there. Again, just got to see Davis in action. And I would hope that at some point Cruz stays in Pittsburgh long enough that we can take him off the list and move everybody else up. I thought he'd be off this week for sure. But again, one update on our top 10 prospects. This is only guys in the big leagues. So once O'Neill Cruz gets to the Pirates, uh, he won't be eligible for this anymore. And Henry would. Uh, right. It would be any, anybody in the minor leagues one. in the Pirates system. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yes, uh, well, you know, we've talked a lot on the podcast already about Henry and, and O'Neill, but uh, I've enjoyed this. We got a lot of great feedback, folks, from the top 10 last week. The story got thousands of views and more than 100 comments. People really like that. It, the top 10 won't change a ton. I updated some things here. If Burroughs goes out and gets shelled a few times, well, then, you know, he might drop a little bit. We, we're going to base this a little bit on some current action, but uh, try not to get too, try not to get too uh, out, out of sorts. One name I do want to mention on top of this, Bubba Chandler, the former Clemson football commit who gave up college football and is in uh, rookie leagues down in Florida. 
he is making his professional pitching debut, I believe, tonight. Uh, he's batted a little bit uh, last year, but he's going to make his professional. He's kind of a two-way player, a, a shortstop and a pitcher. Most people seem to think that he'll go higher as a pitcher, but uh, he'll we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit more about him next week because he is an intriguing – Jared and I both cover college football as well, and to see a guy give up Clemson to go into the minor leagues, that's an intriguing story in and of itself. Yeah, right, with the amount of money they can make now. And by the way, I messed up. He, he, he pitched last night. He pitched an inning. He struck out one. Then the game was called in the second. So he, so he did pitch one inning. It was Sunday night. Right. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because I think he's a guy that's on our honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Mason Martin, who I'll have a feature coming out uh, with uh, tied to this coverage uh, here this week. Um, I mean, again, this is all going to be fluid, and I think that's what makes it a lot of fun. And we're going to be back with you again next week um, here on the Young Bucks podcast. And we hope you'll give us a listen and have a great week and enjoy your week full of Pirates prospects. And we'll talk to you again next week on the Young Bucks podcast and the DK, DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Mm-hmm.